0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the BT Podcast. My name is Danny. I am your host today. Uh, However you're listening, maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's an Apple podcast or YouTube. So excited that you are tuning in. Uh, And if this conversation blesses you, my hope and prayer is that you shared and bless somebody else. Uh, And I'm excited about today's conversation. To me, it's going to be, I think, a unique conversation when it comes to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, So I want to introduce you, our special guest, Pastor Ricky Cavett from Coggin Avenue Baptist Church. Ricky, say what's up to everybody.
1: Hey, it's good to be here. Man, really thankful.
0: it's going to be great, uh, man. I, I've been able to kind of hear your story the uh, past uh, couple of days and just uh, it's, it's going to be fun to get into this. And so before we get into today's conversation to today's specific topic, what I would love for you to do, Ricky, is just kind of share your story. How, how did you come to know Christ? Uh, when were you called to ministry? What did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I, I grew up out in West Texas. And uh, at 14 years of age, uh, I became a follower of Christ and uh, just got real active in my church after that and, uh, and grew in my walk with the Lord and uh, you know, still playing sports in high school mm-hmm. and being involved in uh, several different things. And uh, about 17 years old, I really felt like that uh, God was placing a call on my life to ministry, had no idea what that would look like or what it would be, uh, but surrendered the call um, and uh, thought it might be music ministry and uh, liked to sing and be involved in music. Uh, But I went to Wayland Baptist University and there uh, through series of events and opportunities to do youth ministry uh, for a couple of summers, I just feel like that's where God was leading me and confirmed a call. Yeah, uh, to work awesome. with youth
0: yeah and so right now you are the student pastor of Coggan avenue baptist church
1: that's correct right? uh-huh
0: and notice how i said that you are the student pastor not you were or you're not you weren't previously a student pastor you are still continuing as student ministry
1: that's correct yeah and so
0: tell us really quick how long have you been a student pastor at this church
1: I've been serving at Coggan for 32 years. Mm. Uh, as uh, Actually, for the first, about 25, I did university and youth. Okay. Uh, but about eight years ago, we brought in a full-time university person. So that was kind of, uh, I missed that a little bit, uh, but it was really helpful to be able to even focus more on students.
0: Student ministry for 32 years. Yeah. I'm just gonna like say that one more time in case maybe our, our, like, our listeners didn't hear that. 32 years of student ministry to me that is such a unique story because uh, you know you've been in ministry for a long time and a lot of times what we see in ministry is we see you know different ministers pastors go on to different type of ministries even like just different mm-hmm. churches uh, and those sort of things. But I love the fact that in your story. Uh, You've been in student ministry at the same church and the same ministry for a long time. And so Mm -hmm. one of the, the, today's topic is going to be about longevity in ministry and really how to be faithful as ministers of the gospel, as pastors and what that looks like. And so- now you've been in ministry for such a long time. Uh, and I think about different different stats and I honor your faithfulness in that uh, because stats do show that that one out of every 10 pastors uh, will not retire as a pastor, which is a, a wild mm-hmm. stat. And it, even also thinking that uh, when it comes to student ministry in the same location, in the same church, uh, the kind of tenure average is about 18 months, you know, about a year mm-hmm. and a half. Uh, and I think you've gone over that just a little bit uh, with being in student <laughs> ministry for 32 years. And so uh, the first question I have for you is... A lot of times in ministry, uh, we place people in positions to serve in ministry uh, that can often best relate to the people that they're serving to, right? And so you Mm -hmm. think about maybe in young adult ministry, sometimes people place a young adult-ish type of person into that ministry. Uh, And so specifically with student ministry, there's often this temptation to place somebody that's maybe energetic, that's young, that's on Instagram, that's on social media, all those things. Uh, What are your kind of thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, uh, of course, when I started, I had that youthfulness, yes. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of gone away uh, over the years. Um, I don't think it's necessary that you've got to be uh, this hip guy to work with students. I think as years have gone by, I think I've really gotten better at student ministry, and mm. I, I, I really don't say that prideful. I just think because of experience, uh, relationships with parents, and I have been a parent, and before I was a parent, I thought I had great advice for parents, but now walking through, that's changed a lot Yeah. because raising two teenagers yourself, and they're young adults now, and uh, I, I believe that I have a just ability to relate better because I am a parent and I've walked through a lot of what they are walking through. And I don't think it's about uh, just being necessarily young and energetic. I still think I'm pretty energetic Mm. and maybe a little weird that I still like teenagers, but I really believe that they're our future and uh, believe teenagers. I mean, David was a teenager when he slew Goliath. And so uh, I think there's a great opportunity to have a huge impact uh, locally and in our world by working with teenagers. And so uh, it's not decreased over the year, but the passion over the years has grown uh, because I see the great needs and I see too what God does in the life of teenagers.
0: Wow, it's so good. Uh, You know, a lot of times for for student pastors, they get their Mm -hmm. energy from like energy drinks, like Red Bull, Monster. Where do you get your energy from?
1: Well, uh, coffee in the morning. <laughs> Usually it's uh, one cup of coffee in the morning, and I still work out a couple of times a week, minimum, do a few That's push-ups good. and set-ups and things. And, yeah. and I, no I energy do,
0: drinks for you, right? No energy drinks. That's good. Yeah. Stay away from those.
1: Lots of water. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Uh, well, what are ways, and you kind of got into this a little bit, but in, in talking about how when you started off, you, you, you felt like you were like the most relatable person to them. Uh, but then you started relating to parents and kind of adjusted the ways that you relate specifically as you oversaw the student ministry. Uh, and so what are ways that you've seen yourself relate to students and how has that changed over the years like just in your tenure there?
1: I, I would say most students don't want someone necessarily their age, they want someone to listen to them. And I really believe I'm a good listener. Mm. And uh, kids want someone to slow down, stop, look them in the eyes and listen to them and care about them. And it doesn't matter what age you are, that when you build a relationship with a teenager by taking time to listen, to care about their life, go and watch their sporting event, whatever they're participating in, a school play, and just being involved in their life. And we still have fun. Uh, we do some fun things that we enjoy and we laugh together and get laughed out, yeah. laugh, not, not out, but at a lot. And you got, I think as you get a little older, you gotta be okay that teen- teenagers are gonna laugh at you a little bit because you may say something that they're going, okay, that's a little older hmm. or something like that. But we just laugh together about those things. And when they know that you're gonna stay and you're gonna be there for them, and you care yeah. about them. Teenagers are pretty forgiving when it comes to some of those other things.
0: Man, it's so good. That made me think of um, you know, there's a story in the Book of Acts where Peter, James, and John are going up to the temple gate to pray, and mm-hmm. they lay somebody at at the temple gate every day, a, a beggar. Mm-hmm. And you know, it says there that they stopped and looked at that person, and you know, Peter does a whole like, "I don't have money, I don't have silver and gold, I do not have, but here's what I do have and give to you." And I think there's such a, a powerful aspect of ministry of stopping and listening to the person in front of you and Mm -hmm. and so often we're always on the go you know we're always trying to do the next event go to the next thing uh and i love the fact that you said that that just stop and listen to it to to a teenager Mm because a lot of times they're just struggling they have so many questions they have doubts and fears and worries and so so often they don't really feel like they have somebody to tell that stuff to Mm -hmm. uh, because they won't open up to their parents or something like that and so i love the fact that you have built that trust for them, and I think that's been very powerful. Um, Have you ever wrestled with maybe the thinking of getting out of student ministry. You know, you've been in it for such a long time. Uh, and, and not to say this is the case, uh, but sometimes, sadly, this does happen where people maybe see student ministry as a stepping stone to something mm-hmm. else, whether it's going into young adults or maybe senior pastor mm-hmm. one day, those sort of things. But have you ever wrestled with that, with that feeling of wanting to get out of student ministry?
1: Yeah, I, absolutely I have. Uh, there have been times that I've wanted to check it in mm-hmm. uh, just because it gets hard and it gets messy at times. And uh, there's a lot to carry when you're working with um, a lot of teenagers and all that they go through, and you love parents, and, man, you're giving, giving, giving. And, and there's been some times, Lord, is there something else I could do? And, you know, uh, but God has never released me from that. And uh, most of the time, that's short-lived for me because then something happens or a student comes to faith in Christ or one of our university students that that we utilize as interns, uh, you know, we see them go off and do ministry and it just creates another layer of accountability yeah. and investment. And so, yeah, for sure. Struggles. And it creates like
0: another spark too. Like, yes, man, we see God be mm-hmm. faithful there. So yes. I'm going to keep going and believe that he's going to continue yeah. to show up in this. Uh, and, and so I, I want to give this scenario piece. Let's say, you know, an older adult feels like they have a, a calling, a desire to serve the next generation at their local church, but maybe they're scared because they don't feel trendy. They don't feel cool. They don't feel like they can relate to the students in those ways. Uh, they don't wear, you know, the skinny jeans and the Jordans and all that stuff. What's a word of encouragement you would give to that person?
1: I would, I w- I would evaluate that person to see if they really care about teenagers. I, I do believe, first of all, you got to care and you got to want to relate to them and you got to want to listen. And I think there's that adult that wants to come in and just tell a kid what they need to do (laughs) versus an adult that comes in and and says, hey, tell me your story. I want to get to know you. And and example of that is my wife, Teresa. Uh, She teaches seventh grade girls Mm. and has been doing that for quite a while. And we just transition up a grade or they move to another teacher and her seventh grade girls are, oh, do we have to do this? We love you. Mm. Can't you stay our teacher? And so she's just relatable. And she's a good Bible teacher. And uh helping them have a good foundation. And so yeah, I would say to adults, man, do you care? And then it's on me to help equip that adult to do a good job talk with them meet with them and if we're doing that then we're doing our part to help that adult
0: wow it's so good i love that because uh, yeah you do see that often is like It's just like, I'm going to tell you what to do and then expect you to do it without any sort of like foundational Mm -hmm. relational buildup. So I love that that you take time to pour into adults. And really Mm -hmm. what that is, is pouring into your leaders so that they can Mm -hmm. go pour into their students, Yes, Uh, which is such an important aspect of Mm -hmm. even just being remotely successful in ministry is you got to pour into the people they are going to pour into the other people within your ministry. And I love Mm -hmm. that. so good. Uh, You you shared a a little bit already, but I want to hear more of um, like, what's been some of the blessings Thirty years. I mean, you probably have a million stories in student ministry. Uh, but what's been some of the blessings that you've seen kind of come out of of seeing this the same student ministry within that time frame?
1: Let me give you a, a couple of recent examples. One, uh, a guy named John. Uh, he grew up in our youth ministry, and he went to Texas A and M University to uh, do accounting. But he was an incredible young man that loved the Lord. And um, got his accounting degree, started his business. He's just one of those guys that God blesses. And, um, but he, he did accounting and had his own accounting firm, but ministry was always his goal. And recently he sold his accounting firm. And he's working at a church in the Metroplex area, Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he oversees the missions, university, and new development uh, in their church. And God just blesses him. Yeah. And uh, man, he he just came down, met one of our teenage girls that's a great worship leader, and trying to get her plugged in with him um, at Dallas Baptist University where she's going. And so I think it's a network. And recently, there we went to camp. And there's a young man that's going to be a sophomore in high school and just came after worship and excited and wanted to give his life to the Lord. And we start talking about his family home and and it's just a mess. And, uh, but I see in him, uh, something that God's going to do in his life. And he recently, uh, Went public, got baptized, and I I mean, there's stuff like that happening as well that keeps me going and excited to see what God's going to do next.
0: That's so good. I love that. Uh, Earlier before uh, in our kind of just kind of preparing for the episode, you talked about summer camp. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can you kind of go into detail of what that looks like for you guys? Like, I know that you partner with other churches and you kind of come together and do camp together. Give us some uh, some details with that.
1: Yeah, we have non-churches that we use Mount Lab Lebanon Baptist Encampment, just south of Dallas. And we do we plan camp, we meet a couple of times a year and who are we gonna have as a speaker? But a lot of our camp is designed that we spend a lot of time together just as a church group. Hmm. Uh, We do recreation together with the churches. We do the big worship times together, but we have a morning and evening time where we're just growing as a church, worshiping, teaching, fellowshipping, Dancing, having fun together. And so that's what it looks like. And we have nine or Counting me, nine youth ministers, and I'm not the oldest or the one that's been the longest in youth ministry. Uh, I'll just do a shout out to Bob Johns, who has been uh, an example to me. He's 70 years old and still doing youth ministry. And not just doing youth ministry, but doing one of the most effective youth ministries that I'm aware of. And then we've got other guys that are just a little bit younger than me. Hmm. But the average age of youth ministers at our camp is probably 55. Wow.
0: That's that's unique. I love to hear that. Uh, and, and I think that's powerful for for teenagers to see, um, is the mm-hmm. faithfulness of ministry. Um, because I think what happens a lot of times is, you know, for, for you, you got saved at 14, you, you felt to call to mm-hmm. ministry. Similar to my story, I got saved later on in high school, but immediately mm-hmm. fa- failed to call to ministry. And, and this is something I hear pretty often, is people say, I feel called to ministry, I just don't know what that looks like. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and, and maybe that's something that you process with teenagers, with maybe college students, those sort of things. Uh, and, and so, what advice would you give somebody? And, and I think the advice can come just from people watching you guys do what you do in your faithfulness and ministry. But what advice would you give somebody who feels that call to ministry, but mm-hmm. yet they don't kn- know how to process it, they don't know what to do about it, uh, and, and so just kind of give us um, give us some, some advice on that.
1: Yeah. I- Recently, we were sending off two high school seniors that Phil called to ministry. Emma Grace is going to DBU to study, uh, uh, to the lead worship and uh, do worship ministry. And Jax is going to A&M. And uh, right now he's gonna pursue engineering, but he's really struggling. We've had lots of conversation. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. But there's, an, there's obviously... God is doing something in his life. And so not only do I see that as parents see it, other people see it, and then the gifting that comes along with that. And, you know, I've heard people say stuff like, hey, if you can do anything else but ministry, go do that. And I think there is some truth in that. But I think what I would say as you continue to pursue or think about a calling to vocational ministry, we're all called to ministry in some way, but vocationally that that's going to be my career uh, is a little bit different. So what we try to do is we'll give them a book uh, about calling to ministry. Uh, what we'll book read, is that if you don't mind me asking I, you know I, it's just called call to ministry and okay. i cannot remember the author of that at this point but it's a great book and i'll get that information to yeah, you that'd be great. but we work through that we talk through that and i personally meet with them and we just ask questions and um and Challenge them with the giftedness. Are you gifted to this? Do you have a passion? Jax is going to share a challenge with our youth Wednesday night. And so we put them in front of students, give them an opportunity to share or teach and see if that's something. Yeah, I think this is something that I would like to do. Nice. And then even when they go off to college, we stay connected with them and try to connect them with the church and get them involved in ministry, leading a small group or whatever it may be. And we also do that at Howard Payne. And one of the blessings that we have is we have a lot of students that are Howard Payne students that right. help us in our youth ministry. And we utilize about 20 college students on Wednesday nights to lead small groups. And then we have interns that we talk with them through. Our our current intern is about to go to Honduras. He got married Hmm. and is going to serve. And when he came to Howard Payne, um, he thought he was going to do drama and theater. And uh, as he got involved in student ministry, he just, man, this is I believe God's calling me this. And we affirm that giftedness in his life and see that. And uh, they're gonna go to Honduras for a couple of years and serve, but they're gonna be doing youth ministry in Honduras. So there's a lot more we could talk about, but I think that gives uh, a general idea.
0: Yeah, so so that tells me that you, one, see the calling in that person, try to help them affirm that calling, which I think is huge for ministry. Mm -hmm. I think for so many people, you know, maybe they feel called to ministry, but hopefully they have someone that can be around them and say, yeah, I see that in you. And you get that affirmation from other believers, from other, other ministries that can help push them alongside. Uh, but then you disciple and, and and resource them to help them kind of now just learn about what that looks like, try to figure out your passion, try to figure out your gifts, and then go after that. Um, and then put them in a position to try it out, <laughs> you know, with, with mm-hmm. Jack's being able to share that yeah. challenge on a Wednesday night, yeah. giving people the opportunity to say, yeah. hey, this is a, an, an example of what this looks like, so maybe you can go... And pursue this.
1: And let, me, let right. me interrupt. You know, when you get 61 2, it takes a while for something to come to you. So it's Rusty <laughs> Willington and Grant Bird. Nice. And it's called. Yeah.
0: It's, okay, it's cool. a great book. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you get uh, some, some students, some interns, or some college students, maybe they become leaders from Howard Payne University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe some of you guys who tune in, who are part of BT, know this, but our senior pastor uh, went there. Yes, Uh Uh, And so tell us your relationship with Chris Dupree.
1: Yeah, Chris, when he came, he became one of what we call lifeguards on Wednesday night, small group leaders. And that's really how I got to know Chris is that he came to Coggin and uh, he committed to be a lifeguard and served in that role for two years while he was at his first two years at Howard Payne.
0: Hmm, that's awesome. And, uh, and and Chris is also one to share this pretty often in his sermons. He he loves kind of reminding people of the moment that he met Jesus. And and part of Chris's story is that he kind of grew up in a Christian household. He even worked at a Christian camp, uh, but yet it wasn't until his time in college that he actually understood the gospel and Jesus became real to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I heard that there was a story that you have a role in play to that. So what does that look like?
1: Well, we were we were having a youth revival at First Baptist Church, and uh, or it was a Wednesday night. See you at the poll rally. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not really sure, uh, but a speaker named John Randles, uh was speaking, and uh, Chris came to me and um, and just shared with me that. Um, He needed Jesus. And I was a little confused because we (laughs) interview every lifeguard that comes through, and we always hear their salvation story. And so I was a little surprised, Mm. but because I'd been doing youth ministry for quite a while even then, that it's not uncommon that we have religion, but we don't have Christ. And so I'm real sensitive to that uh, because we want to make sure that when someone's struggling with maybe maybe assurance, or, or just like Chris said, I just, I need Christ. Mm. And so something was going on at that moment. It was during the invitation time. I said, hey, let's, as soon as this is over, let's get, because I want to talk more and I want to hear more about that. So we got together in about 15 minutes and Chris kind of teases that he's glad he didn't uh, die at that, in that 15 minute <laughs> window there. And so we kind of chuckle about that, but we just got down and he knew, uh, we got down on our knees and he prayed and invited Christ in his life. And man, the rest is history yeah. of seeing a, yeah. a young man passionate about God.
0: Amen. I love that. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. It to talk to the person who helped lead, lead Chris to Jesus, man. And we see Chris doing amazing things here at BT. Uh, I love that. And so kind of now getting more personally into your life, into your mm-hmm. uh, really your walk with Christ. And so, practicing this level of longevity in ministry uh, of not just being in ministry for so long but also being ministry at one place for so long um there has to be some like rhythms of life that you've kind of developed over your lifetime of just pursuing jesus this spiritual uh reality that you go after and so so what does that look like for your life what are the the spiritual rhythms of life that you have
1: well, I think first of all, if I'm going to be a youth minister and I'm going to teach them God's word, it would be so disingenuous if I was not in the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a have to for me. It's a want to. And and I can't say that every morning I get up and I spend an hour in the word of God, but uh, I get up and I get my Bible and usually oatmeal is my breakfast <laughs> choice and uh And I just read God's Word because if I'm going to ask students to do that, I want to model that for them. So it's very important for me to model what I'm asking them to do because I couldn't do it uh, any other way. And so I think in youth ministry and growing and being at the same place that everything's up for uh, change every year. That if we're going to stay fresh, uh, we do a lot of the same things. Uh, But it's not because we have to, but because we feel like it's effective and it's helping disciple students. Um, We meet with our interns on a weekly basis and our youth associate, and we plan. The first thing we do is we always pray together. We memorize scripture together. Mm -hmm. and some people may not agree with this, but you come with your scripture that we select, memorize together. If not, you put $5 in, the, <laughs> in this little coffee thing I have. And uh, at the end of the year, we use that money and we'll go out and eat together. Oh, nice. And, but it really holds us accountable. And So you're um, like,
0: I hope somebody forgot their scripture <laughs> verse, man, because I want my lunch paid for. <laughs> that's right.
1: And I actually got that from a, a youth minister that's Grant Bird that's been in youth ministry about... The same amount of time I've been, Mm. and so uh, memorizing scripture is just so important. Mm. And so we plan, we pray together, we laugh together, and sometimes we sit around and tell jokes. And uh, but we do laugh together and we have fun together. Uh, But there is an element with Howard Payne students that uh, they bring a freshness. They Mm. always have good ideas and we utilize a lot of their ideas in our youth ministry. And I think it does help to keep things fresh and they have that youthfulness. And honestly, with Howard Payne there, bringing in lots of college kids, we have that youthfulness, but we also have the maturity um, that comes with age. That's good.
0: I love that. And so summarize it in in two ways. It's pursue Jesus and pursue community, Yes, right? It's having that time, that that personal individual time with God, Uh, but then also surrounding yourself with people that you can network with, that you can do life with, that you can do ministry with. And that's, what's going to help longevity and ministry and continue to be faithful. My last question I have for you, Uh, if you can go back and tell your teenage self something, a a word of advice, uh, you know, spiritual advice, what's something you would say?
1: I think I would say um, really take your faith serious. Um, I think enjoy uh, your sporting events, Mm. uh, enjoy all the things you do, but you only have a limited window uh, to make an impact in your school. And I would say, Rick, man, there's a few things I would have done different. And uh, I think I did some things right, but I would say take advantage because Jesus is still the only way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And I I think I would say, Rick, uh, be even more serious about that hmm. and be bold about that.
0: That's good, man. man Ricky, I, I loved getting to hear your story uh, and just hearing your wisdom. Uh, my, my hope and prayer is that looking at my lifetime of ministry, uh, that I can be faithful in the way that you were faithful in the longevity of ministry. And uh, man, it's, it's exciting, encouraging. I love what you're doing uh, there at Cogginavity Baptist Church and how you're impacting teenagers and students, which is you know, what we believe is the now generation, but also the next generation that's gonna continue to pass this gospel forward. Uh, so I really appreciate you, appreciate your time, and thank you for joining us on the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for letting me be here. And I just, I praise God. All glory to him.
0: Amen.